0: And everybody said amen god bless you to give this morning we have some very very special guests uh, this weekend pastor john is in mississippi uh is john henry there too so we got the father the son and the son or however that works but uh he's out there he talked to me saturday he's on the big john deere tractor you know rolling through the field so he's kind of back helping his dad and just taking a weekend to rest but we have some guests that have been here before and really left an impact in our church and these last two services have been very powerful and so I want to introduce Chandler and China Cleveland. And if they'll come and stand up, give them a big round of applause because you're in for uh, some good stuff. Amen. And I would encourage you to get on the Internet. Go to churchontherock.org and go. These messages will probably be up there in a matter of a few days. And look at these other messages. If you want to find out who God blesses and if you want to find out 10 keys to, to seeing a great harvest come in your life. Well, I'm going to turn right over to you. Tell us where you've been. I mean, you've been traveling and and. Now you're at the big city, and then you go back to these little countries like uh, where?
1: God bless you, Pastor Mike. We are, um, is that one better? Good morning. Yeah, it's still morning. Uh, Good to be with you again. Uh, We have had a tremendous time with you last night and uh, this morning, the earlier service. Uh, You are just uh, wonderful people in a wonderful place. And God is in Texarkana. Can you imagine that? god is in texacana amen yes we are we're, we're thrilled to be here we just returned from uh, Colombia in south america two weeks ago and then we came home for a night and went to guatemala well we didn't come home we stayed in the airport went to guatemala and um, did a pastor's conference and ministered there and on tuesday we're on our way to india and so we want you to pray for us please we ask god to just bring our faces in front of you and stare at you and so you remember, I said, probably pray for them there. Uh, I, I went last year by myself. They encouraged me not to bring my wife last year because we went to some very dangerous places last year uh, in India. I went actually, uh, I had the privilege of going up to the, to the communist socialist uh, controlled area in India. They have a whole swath of India and, and they're trying to unseat the nation and bring communism there and godless atheism there. And they, they sneak me in Literally, uh, to preach at, a, at one of their t- one of their towns of the city, and um, they asked, you know, which one of you American preachers want to go? I said, me, I want to go, because these people risk their lives just to come to church on Sunday. They kill a pastor daily up in that area just to make a statement, make a point. And I said, if if, if they can give, they can risk their lives to worship Jesus, I can also. I'm tired of being an American Christian. I want to be a biblical christian i want to be i want to be i want to be one of god's kids who is not hiding in materialism and hiding in convenience but who was willing to go where jesus wants me to go and so it was exciting it was thrilling those people the place was full they sat on the floor and i preached it was one of the best times of my life and i felt humbled to be in their presence one of the thrills we're going to have is we're going to china for the first time in april uh, but it, also in India, uh, we're going to conduct a pastor's conference and conduct two crusades in two cities and also visit some children orphanages and minister to the children, and we're excited about that. Uh, most of these kids have seen their parents assassinated in front of them, been orphaned. Many of the young girls were rescued from the slave trade, and now they are redeemed. They're learning about Jesus. They have safe homes. They receive medical care. They receive three square meals, and they're being taught the gospel every day. And they love Jesus. They love Jesus. Last year, I was one of the key speakers at their orphanage jamboree. And it was the thrill of my life to see these kids safe in the arms of Jesus. Isn't that great? So we're going back, and we need your prayers. Um, You know, it's it's always dangerous for Christians to go to India. In fact, they tell you, if you're ever in a car accident and you hit a cow in India, do not stop. (laughs) Run for your life because they will murder you on the spot. We saw children with their parents bathing in the same water that they defecated in and urinated in, washing their clothes and washing their food in the same water. We don't know how blessed we are. In this country, we are rich, 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 rich. God has been good to us. Can you tell somebody God's been good? God's been good to ourselves. Tell, tell somebody next to you God's been good to us. God's been good to us. Aren't you glad you don't worship cows? Aren't you glad you don't believe your grandmother is, is, is in some cow? Don't, aren't you glad you know the truth? We are blessed. I come back, and I want to kiss the ground in America. Lord, thank you for our freedom to worship Jesus in this nation. We are so immensely ministered to by the Lord. And so please, please pray for us. We leave on Tuesday. And by God's grace, the care will be there by three weeks ministering. And I had to warn them, said, look, you, you're not going to wear me out. You're not going to, because they will run you to the ground in India. And so I just had to put some parameters up, but we're going to bless the Lord. Amen. And we, we're going to sing a song ah, also. They told me to let you know, we have some CDs out on the table there. And there's just one I wanna highlight. Um, And I just had this sobering experience in Bogota, Colombia two weeks ago. This couple, uh, the elders in the church, stalwart, strong, powerful believers, raised godly children, and their son, 24, committed suicide two months before we arrived, the day after he graduated from law school. And what happened was, is that he wanted to be a musician. He felt that was his destiny. His parents said, no, we want you to be an attorney. Musicians don't make any money. You can't do that. You need something secure. And so to please them, he went to law school. And the day after he graduated, he committed suicide. He left a suicide note. And he told his parents, I wanted to be a musician. Would you want to be an attorney? OK, I did what you wanted. Now I'm out of here. You got what you wanted. He wrote in the note, you got what you wanted. And uh, there's a tape I have, a CD I have called children of destiny and it teaches you from proverbs 22 and 6 what it really means to train up a child in the way they should go not the way you want them to go not the way you want to relive your glory vicariously through them not the way you think because you're an athlete your son has been an athlete maybe he's an artist and only when he walks in his destiny will he love you and love your God and he'll never he'll never leave that purpose and destiny I I deal with that very powerfully I, I, I tell a lot of my own stories I'm very transparent learn from my mistakes and don't make them but all of our children love God they're all in the ministry they all worship Jesus they're all missionaries and so, by God's grace, but it's truly by God's All of this is by God's grace. Have you noticed? But th- that tape is out there also heavily. Physics is one I would strongly recommend because it deals with the number one destroyer in relationships. And you have to listen to it to find out what it is because I'm not going to tell you everything. Okay, we're going to sing. You got me excited. All right. I praise the Lord. Thank you, sir. I can sing out of that one, too? Okay, cool. Thank you for coming with us to India through your prayers and through every gift. Thank you.
0: It's God's grace that allows us to do anything for him. It's only by his grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the Thank you. Thank you,
1: Father. How many of you love his grace? Well, let's go right to the word of God. God has a word for you today. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 40. Ezekiel chapter 40. The Lord put this word on my heart for you in Guatemala. He said, tell them this at the 1045 service and so on. The beginning of Ezekiel 40, the first five verses, actually the first four verses, we'll begin there. Then we're going to turn to Ezekiel 47. In the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th of the month, in the 14th year after the fall of the city, on that very day, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he took me there. In visions of God, he took me to the land of Israel and sent me on a very high mountain and on whose south side were some buildings that looked like a city. He took me there and I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze. He was standing in the gateway with a linen cord and a measuring rod in his hand. The man said to me, son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears and pay attention to everything I am going to show you, but that is why you have been brought here. Tell the house of Israel, everything you see. Turn over to chapter 47, chapter 47. We'll read the first few verses to verse six, and then we'll also read verse 12. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this in verse 12? Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing father in the name of jesus we thank you for your word today right now we thank you that your word is an everlasting word it is always pertinent always germane always on point always on time always relevant your word is alive it's the only book that's alive it's the only book that embodies life the only book that is full of power we thank you that we come to your word today and we ask you to feed us. And as the psalmist said, feed, uh, the hymnist hymnus said, feed us until we want no more. Let us overflow with your word this day. Thank you that signs and wonders and miracles follow the word. Thank you, God, that your word is that alive. It is powerful. It is quick. It, it, is, it is so sharp, it is so discerning that it even ciphers in between the soul and the spirit, the sinew and the marrow. It shows us a deep, hidden things of our heart and our soul. Thank you that the Holy Ghost use this your word, because proverbs 20 27 says that the spirit of man, the spirit of the Lord, is the candle, is the candle. That, 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 that the spirit is a candle. And you, you search out the deep things in our hearts. Thank you that your word does not return void. But it accomplishes what you sent it to do. Thank you, God, that you write your word with your very own finger. You write your word upon the tablets of our hearts and the tablets of our minds. And we are no longer the same. But every one of us is better as a result of spending time in your word. This session, this moment... In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you today about the place of blessing. The place of blessing. This is a very uh, incredible vision that Ezekiel receives. He has this visitation from this man, this person sent from God to speak to him, to give directives to the people of God. And and many biblical scholars have wondered, what does this vision mean? What is God trying to say? When is this going to take place? And many biblical scholars believe, well, this was the temple, uh, a description of the temple during the times of King Solomon. Other biblical scholars say, no, 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 it was actually during the times of King Hezekiah. This is a pretty descriptive r- revelation of what was going on. Others say, no, 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 no. This is a depiction of what will take place when Jesus Christ himself, the King of glory, returns and sets up his thousand-year reign on the earth. And maybe one of those is it. Or maybe maybe that's it. But I want to propose another interpretation for us today. That this vision that Ezekiel receives is actually a picture, a revelation of the progressive development of the believer in jesus christ that god walks us through stages in our growth and in our maturity that god develops us god grows us god matures us and as ezekiel allows himself to be led by this man this is a picture of us being led by the spirit of god you must understand That God uses types and shadows. Hebrews says that God uses types and shadows to reveal truth to us. And in the books of Daniel and Ezekiel and Zechariah and others, we we see these mystical, metaphorical things that are revealing spiritual truths. Jesus was a master with parables. He took simple things that the people commonly understood to, to magnify, to highlight a spiritual truth he talked talk about the vine. He would talk about water. He would talk about the leaves. He talked about anything available to bring home a spiritual reality. And in the same way, this vision shows the steps, shows the levels, shows the degrees of growth of every believer that loves Jesus. Now, to understand this, uh, then we, we must understand the, the pictures here, the typology here we find that there is the temple. The temple is where God dwells, where he lives, where he would take up residence. He promised Solomon. He said, after you've built this temple and dedicated it to me, I will be there. We also see there's an altar, which was there, of course, as a place of sacrifice, a place of yielding, a place of surrender to the living God. But we also see that there is water. And the water is significant in this vision because in the scriptures, water always describes, water always speaks of the presence of God. Water always speaks of the glory of God. Water always speaks of the move of God. Water always magnifies the control of God, the blessing of God, the increase of God, the growth of of god the magnification of god where we see water in the scriptures we see god moving isaiah said that when we come to christ the messiah we will draw from the wells of salvation water jesus stood up on the great day during the feast and he said out of your belly will flow rivers of living water water is always symbolic of god moving God growing, God increasing, God controlling the lives of his people. God moving more on his people. Didn't we sing, Lord, we want more? Well, to have more, you got to get in the water. The rivers of God. There is a river. The streams make glad the city of God. God's water is always depicting more of God much more of god and there is this man that is sent to lead ezekiel this man symbolizes the person of the holy spirit who was sent into the life of every believer to lead us deeper into the things of god that we follow the holy spirit he is the one now who is ministering to us he is the spirit of christ he is the one now involved in our lives christ is seated At the right hand of the Father. The Father is there waiting until it's time to send the Son back. But right now, the Holy Ghost is here. And Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because I will send the Spirit of the Lord. How many of you know he dwells with you? How many know he's here to teach us and guide us and direct us and show us things to come? Do you know that believers should never be caught off guard? Because the Holy Spirit is in you and he knows the future. He knows everything. And if you have a hearing ear, he will speak to you and show you things to come. He's the best friend you've ever had. And so this man represents the Holy Spirit sent into our lives to lead us. And so Ezekiel then typifies the believer. He typifies us who is led into The deep waters of God. Now, notice something here. Ezekiel had a choice to make. He willingly surrendered. He allowed this man to lead him deeper and deeper, step by step into the waters of God. It began with the waters up to his ankles. And the man said, okay, this is good, but you want to go deeper? Ezekiel Ezekiel said, yes, come on, let's go deeper. The water was up to his knees. This is great. I'm in the water. I'm getting wet. You want to go deeper? Yes, let's go deeper. It was up to his waist. Isn't this magnificent? Oh, there's more God. He said, whoa, you want to go deeper? Yeah, baby, take me deeper. Ezekiel follows him until the Bible says that all you could see was Ezekiel's head. He was deep in it. He was covered. He was covered by the presence, the magnifying, the magnificence, the glory, the control, the dominion, the influence of God. So we must choose. Let me make something abundantly clear. God is a perfect gentleman. He will force nothing upon you. I've asked God sometimes, to take my will back i said i don't like it i don't like my will cuz sometimes i'm not cooperating with you and i i don't like my will please make me a robot would you just would you just you know just take away my my choice take away my decision making lord please i've gotten myself in trouble again but he is such a respecter of our personhood. He loves us and he only wants love if we want to give it to him. He will not, the devil manipulates. See, that, that's what's wrong with manipulation. Manipulation is, it's a spirit of witchcraft. When you control somebody else, when you manipulate somebody else, you're operating as a witch. Influencing people for the wrong way and the wrong way and the wrong reason. You're operating in the wrong spirit. God is not a witch. God's not a warlock. He kills witches. God even gave Adam and Eve choice. And we are dealing with that choice even today. But he refused to make them do anything. Said serve me if you want to love me if you want to come to me if you want to it says in romans chapter 8 right it says that they that are led by the spirit of god are the sons of god see god leads he never pushes if a voice is pushy pressing you urgent panicking it's never god god is peace You can always know if that voice is of the Lord because if it's pushy and manipulative and coercive and pressuring you, it's never the Lord because God is a spirit of peace, the God of peace. Jesus said, I am peace and my peace I give to you. So Ezekiel decides to be led, to be led deeper into the waters of God. And we have a choice, every one of us, to make a decision am i going to be led am i going to allow him to lead me Uh, and and many people are like "Ah, he might tell me to go to timbuktu if i say yes he might send me to pakistan if i say yes verse 12 is wonderful isn't it verse 12 says everywhere the waters touched there was blessing." everywhere the waters touched there was healing everywhere the waters touched there were resources that their leaves were green and they healed and they gave food you don't have to worry about fearing god he's the safest one in the universe only blessing will come to you only blessing will abound in your life as you yield to the presence of the lord As you choose and decide to allow him to lead you deeper into his waters. How many of you are ready to go deeper? Who doesn't want healing? Who doesn't want blessing? Who doesn't want more of God's resources and riches in their lives? And that's available to us, but he is not going to beg and he is not going to force you. He's a gentleman. Tell somebody, the Lord is a gentleman. So let's go back to this now. Now, what, what does each of these stations mean? The water up to the ankles, the water up to the knees, the water at the waist, the water so, so deep that only his head appeared. Well, the water up to the ankles is symbolic in the stage of development of the believer in being born again. You step into the water. Isn't this great? My sins are washed away. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. Whoopee do yeah. Jesus said that heaven gets so excited, they throw a party in your honor. When you come to Jesus, I mean, imagine the people that will receive Christ at the Jesus Fest. Pastor Mike says that they make at least five altar calls and people respond and that the angels will be busy that day partying. I mean, they're going to be, yeah, yeah, let's put party time. Oh, yeah, let's do the line. Come on, all right. Leaders in the line. Hey, 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 yeah, hey. I mean, the angels are dancing and, and, and they are thrilled because they get it. They know the redeemed are blessed. They know the redeemed are washed. They know. The redeemed have been rescued from Satan and hell and damnation. That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And the angels understand the reason to party. They're looking for an excuse to party anyway. They seize the moment and they rejoice whenever anyone, just one, my wife often says this to people. She says, even if you were the only person on the earth, the only person, Jesus still would have come and died for you. You're not a number. You're not a statistic. He knows you. He loves you. And and there is rejoicing in heaven when one comes to Christ. And, it, the, the, you know, it's, it's symbolic of the, the, the ankles because, you know, our feet don't go where we used to go. Yeah. You know, we don't do what we used to do because we're changed. Oh, happy day. I mean, we sang it, didn't we? I mean, he's washed my sins away. Uh, my, my, my intentions change. My, my heart changes. My, my desires change. My, my hunger changes. My, my, my interest if, if everything about me is transformed because all things have become new. And I'm in the water. And it's great. And Jesus is mine. And I am his. And everything is hunky-dory. It's just marvelous. <laughs> pedal. In Espanol, pedal means but. If the waters, if the rising of the waters, if, if, if the waters are symbolic of the control, the dominion, the influence, the power, the effect, the move, the presence of God, If the waters are symbolic of that, then if if the waters are only up to your ankles, there's still too much of you showing. Let me move this out of the way. It's hindering my flow. You see, the waters symbolize the growing influence of God, the increase of God maturity in god god being in control not us god being magnified not us god being glorified not us god being seen not us and so if the waters are only up your ankles i mean we're happy for you glad you're going with us the train's coming for us you're going to be on board but it's time to grow up peter put it this way he said desire The sincere milk of the word that you may grow up. Paul said, listen, in Ephesians 4.15, Paul said, you got to get this right. Grow up in all things. He said, he said, speaking the truth in love. Grow up in all things, not the areas you like, not what's convenient, not what's comfortable for you. God will confront you about the areas where you don't want to grow. But it's time to grow up. He will talk to you about your money and the way you handle it. Leave me alone. It's my money. No, it's not. You're a steward. You're a trustee. That's all you are. Is my money. But this is my wife. No, she's not your wife. She's my daughter. And that's my husband. No, he's not your husband. That's God's son. And the children he gave you are loaned to you. Psalm 127 says that they are loaned. They are loaned. They are loaned from God. They are entrusted to you for a season. And God wants them back. We are training them for God, not training them for your dreams, training them for God. We want to place them in his hands, obedient and ready to serve the Lord. Everything you have, God has loaned to you. We belong to him. And so it is important for us to grow. The, The scriptures say we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory and from strength to strength. And from grace to grace, we are always to be abounding in the grace of the Lord, growing and growing and pressing in and pressing in and moving in and moving in. And so Ezekiel says, this is really wonderful being saved, but I need to grow, don't I? And the man said, you got it. Let's go deeper. And the waters came up to the knees. But you know what that means. That's a place of prayer. See, we got to deal with this. You're not growing until God captures your knees. His influence is not really increasing until God captures your knees. He's not really moving in your life consistently until he captures your knees. The place of prayer is a place of blessing. We receive greatest blessing in prayer. That's why Jesus, it was spoken of him, that he frequently, they said he frequently was off somewhere by himself praying in some isolated place, some wilderness place, some desert place. The emphasis was on alone. They they went searching for many times in the Bible. the, the, The disciples were, Lord, where are you? We knew, you know, I'm Peter, they said, we know where he is. He's off somewhere praying. He's always off somewhere praying. If the son of God needed to pray that much, if the King of Glory needed to pray that much, if the Magnificent One needed to pray that much and be intimate with His Father and be with the Father alone, what about us? And there is no real blessing on the church in America because we are prayerless. Years ago, they took a survey of the pastors, the pastors in America, and they averaged seven minutes a day in prayer. The most recent survey says three minutes a day in prayer. We are a carnal, flesh-driven, program-driven, idea-driven church, but not every good idea is a God idea. Only on our knees does God download his heart, his will, his move, his influence in our lives. I call this the place of blessing because the word for bless in the Hebrew is the word Baroque. It means to bow the knee. Because if you look in the Old Testament, when they blessed somebody, when someone went for blessing, they, they bowed their knees. The recipient bowed their knees and the blesser got on their knees and they laid hands and they blessed. Isaac blessed his sons. And and Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph and his own sons. And he got on his knees and he blessed them. And to receive blessing, we must get on our knees. It's the place of blessing. But we are so busy. We are so preoccupied. We are so intoxicated with all we have to do. And we are so, so, I mean, just obsessed with busyness. We hate silence so much that even if we're at home by ourselves, we have all nine TVs on. We have the radio, we've got to have some noise, gotta have some noise, gotta have some noise, noise, gotta have some noise going because we are so uncomfortable with silence and peace. But God speaks when required. When Jesus spoke a prayer, he said in Matthew 6, go into your closet. Go into your closet. Now, does God literally want you to climb into your closet, move all your clothes over? It's the only place he's going to meet with you as you cramp in your closet. Okay, Lord, speak to me. I don't think that's what he's saying. But he is saying a place of privacy, a place of seclusion, a place where you're alone, a place where you're uninterrupted, a place where you are not busy, a place where you can be still, a place where you leave your cell phone somewhere else, Some of you listen to your cell phone more than you listen to God. Your PDA is your God. Some people take their cell phone into their prayer time. Oh, my God, somebody's calling me. Oh, you you know, you're really too busy and you're too important. I date my wife every Monday night, and we've done this for about 32 years of our marriage. And rarely, it's a sacred time, rarely do we ever miss it. Uh, if, If we miss it, we make it up another night of the week. But we date. And and on our date, I leave the cell phone at home because I'm there to be with her. It's really quiet in this meritless church. You could have heard a pin drop. Mm. Why do I need my cell phone on a date with my wife? I'm there to be with her. I'm there to to be intimate with her. I'm I'm there to share my heart with her. I'm there, there to listen to her, not listen to somebody call me. She's more important than anybody else. Why should they interrupt our romantic time together when we're sewing into our marriage? Why should they do that? Why am I that important? Your wife is more important than a business call. Your husband deserves your time. The children will live without you. I got to keep myself up. What if something happens at home? Let it happen. Jesus is Lord. But the children, they might need me. And I just want to be available to them. Oh, my God. We're leaving them alone. You, your husband was first. And when your children are gone. You're going to look at each other and say, who are you? Who are you? I don't know you, stranger. Oh, I knew you 25 years ago. Who are you now? I don't like you, whoever you are. Because you have not maintained intimacy and romance. You have not maintained contact and closeness. You let those little bookers get in between you. And we love them, but they're not more important than your marriage. You you have nothing to give them without your marriage. The best father is a great lover of their mother. Preaching good, Pastor Cleveland, preaching good. Boy, you are preaching good. Let the Lord use you, Chandler, let him use you. Your closet time is like a date with Jesus. No interruptions. You know, the devil will have everybody in the world call you when you try to pray. Have you noticed... Every emergency under the sun, when you go into your time of prayer, I mean, anything he can think of, he will try to pull it off to distract you because he knows that the place of prayer is a place of blessing. He knows that as you fall on your knees, and I don't don't mean you have to be on your knees. My wife and I prayer walk. And sometimes, you know, we, we lie in the bed and pray, but sometimes I fall asleep so I, you know, I try not to do that because you know it gets too comfy and he'll you know the, and, and the spirit of sleep comes over me and uh, and, and you know, it's, it's over but you know but but we, we 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 need to be in that place where we're alone with jesus where we're with him where he's more important and you know you know what the bible says if my people which are called by my name would what would what would what 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 see only the humble pray Only the humble pray. If you don't pray, it's a strong sign you're not humble. Because the humble realize their need. I don't know what to do. There are too many issues in my life. I I don't know what to do with my wife. I don't know what to do with my husband. I don't know what to do with my children. I don't know what to do with my parents. I don't know what to do with my job. I don't know what to do with the ministry. I don't know what to do. So I find myself on my knees crying out to you. That's why Jesus spent so much time, so much time on his knees with his father, because even he said, I don't know what to do. I need instructions. I need marching orders. Only you know what I'm going to do today. Only you know what you've assigned for me to do today. I've got to spend time with you to be effective, to be fruitful. Lord, I need you. I need you. I'm not so presumptuous, I'm not so arrogant, I'm not so proud, I'm not so conceited that I cannot fall on my knees. If you pray, God will bless your business. Peter thought he was an expert fisherman, right? So Luke chapter 5, Jesus decided to teach him a lesson. The Bible says at the Lake Gennesaret, there were, the historians tell us there were thousands of boats. And Jesus picks Peter's boat. Hadn't even had a real conversation with Peter before, but he picks Peter's boat. He says, hey, I'm compensating. I'm commandeering your boat. He does not even ask for permission. He just takes it. Jesus just takes stuff. And so he, he takes his boat. And because see, the crowds is so great and he's afraid of them pressing against him. And, 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 and really, I'm choking him. I mean, they, they're suffocating him. And so he, he gets on the boat and he teaches. And after he's done teaching, he turns to Peter. He says, Cast your debts on the other side. I'm about to bless you. Because you know what? God will never use you and not pay you. People will use you and not even say thank you. God always blesses. He, he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. He will pay you and God pays well. And so he tells Peter, Peter, throw your nets on the other side. Peter said, look, whoa, 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 whoa. You're a carpenter? You're a teacher, stay in your lane, stay in your anointing, stay in your, I'm a fisherman. We fish all night, we fish all night. Look, I know fish, fish don't come out during the day in the shallow water. The fish don't do that. That's that's why we we go out in, in the night when the sun's away, then the fish come out to the shallow water because the sun is gone. It's broad daylight. The fish are now in the deep you you and and they don't rise and our nets can't go deep enough and he says but 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 since you're jesus i'm gonna listen to you now peter owns a fishing business he calls his partners james and john why because when he obeys jesus in the in the realm of his expertise he obeys jesus jesus shows him i know how to fish too because they have, a, they, they have a harvest of fish, they have a catch that is so great, it breaks Peter's nets and breaks James' and John's nets from their boats that come over. Because Jesus knows your business better than you. And if you'll get on your knees, he'll give you witty ideas and inventions, and he will bless you, and he will prosper you, and he will show you what to do. He will show you the trends that are coming. He will show you what people will buy. He will show you where to position yourself. He will show you everything. If you find yourself in humility, because He says, In my people who are humble, they will pray. Then I can heal the land. But you've got to humble yourself, because the humble pray. The hum- and He gives grace to the humble. If you find yourself on your knees, and you know, do I have to get on my knees? Sometimes I think so. Because when you get on your knees, you remind yourself, You're God, I'm not and the knees is what the place of blessing you position yourself to be blessed you position yourself to receive from god you position yourself and he blesses you because you're in the place of blessing god's calling us back to prayer i think most of the church is between the ankles and the knees we go back and forth and we have seasons of prayer you know the church calls a calls a time of fasting and prayer which is absolutely essential And we pray up a storm. We have an emergency. We pray up a storm. Because, you know, it's like we're busy otherwise. Don't have time to pray. But when a crisis comes, we learn. We have an anointing to pray. Oh, God. Ah, Oh, so now you have time. Thought you were too busy. Thought you were preoccupied. Thought you had too much to do. God needs to capture our knees. Only when we, he captures our knees is it evidence and proof that the waters are rising. Now, the next level, he says, is up to the waist. That's, the, that's prophetic. It's the area of fruitfulness and productivity, multiplication, ministry, anointing, fruitfulness is, 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 is a, a sign that God can use us now. Because once he's captured our knees, then it means that we're listening to him. We're spending time to get orders, to, to find out what he wants, so we're in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, saying the right thing. After he has our knees, then he can really begin to give sustained anointing, sustained grace, sustained ministry power, sustained effectiveness but only after he captures our knees. It's a wonderful place to be in the place of ministry, the place of fruitfulness. Because Jesus commanded, he says, I want you to bear much fruit, not a little bit. And isn't interesting, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit? Didn't he say, didn't he say you can do nothing without me? We've got to find ourselves on our knees. I, I, I know, I know The Lord told me, the Lord told me to tell you that miracles await you like instantly if you will let him capture your knees today. He's going to do it to prove a point. Have have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed how baby Christians get all their prayers answered? It's really frustrating. I want to submit my request to them. Because, you know, God's making a point. He's proving a point. He's proving himself. He's, okay, I want you to trust me. This is the way to follow me. It's like when you get older, it's like, you can wait a while. (laughs) You got this list. You can wait. You can wait Uh, because I'm growing you and developing you. I want you to be be fast with me too. But but when God is introducing a new area into our lives, he will move faster, more rapidly. Because he's encouraging us, inspiring us. So this will be a new area for some of you. Expect some quick answers and miracles. Because God wants to encourage you. Keep on doing this. This is me. Finally, Ezekiel says this is all good. Ministry is great. Fruitfulness is wonderful. Anointing is powerful, but Lord, I want to go deeper. And he finds that he says the river is so the current so strong that that, that he swept along. He, He just led by the current. He lost control wherever the river goes he goes wherever the presence of god goes he goes wherever the leader of the lord goes he's just swept away he's carried away he's completely under the control of the lord and all you see is his head that's jesus see he's all covered up as you go deeper people will not see you anymore they'll see jesus They don't need to see you and me. They need to see the Lord of glory. They don't need to see you and me. They need to see the Savior. They need to see the healer. They need to see the deliverer. And as you yield and allow yourself to go deeper into the things of God, it will bless your life and also cover you up. And all your mistakes and all your faults and all your flaws will be covered by the blood and the glory of God. It all begins... By yielding to that man, the Holy Spirit, who comes as a gentleman saying, do you want to go deeper? Will you follow me into this? Can I lead you deeper into this? Will you come with me? I'm calling you. You know something that breaks my heart? When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he begged his disciples. He said, I need you to pray with me right now but they went to sleep on him he came back three times he said he said I, I i need you to pray with me i mean you know we always go to jesus for what we need but what about when he needs us we're too busy we're preoccupied we're you know we're, we're doing our thing we're doing ministry but he cannot call us into a place of prayer because we have our agenda that, There is not a faithfulness to go into the closet on a regular basis to set aside time, carve out time. And now, let's be realistic. If you've never done this before on a consistent basis, let's be realistic. Let's be real, okay? Just start with 15 to 20 minutes a day. Make a commitment to do that. Spend time with Jesus. Get get the word of God out and and sing to him and pray and and bring your needs and, and, and listen to him. And then in a month, you know, increase it by five minutes then another month increase it by another five minutes and because you'll find that 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 every day with jesus is sweeter than the day before you'll find that his presence will grow in your life you'll find that the intimacy will be so joyous to you and you will be so blessed by the intimacy with jesus and then you find yourself increasing incrementally and increasing incrementally and before you know it you'll be praying an hour and you'll be oh my god what happened to me what did what did chandler do to me spending time with him, being alone with him, listening to him, hearing his heart, letting him impress his heart on you. And the Lord told me, as you begin to spend time with him on your knees, he's going to bless you, bless you, bless you. I heard him say it, miracles, miracles, miracles on a regular basis. He's going to do things even before something happens. He's going to preempt the devil. Talking Talking about preemptive strike, God's about to preemptively strike in your behalf. It won't even happen because God's going to cut it off at the pass. Because you're in the place of prayer. He's going to show you things. There was a great man of God, I'm finished, a great man of God who the Lord woke up at 2 in the morning. He said, pray right now. He said, get up in a seat right now. So he, he began to pray, he began to pray in the spirit. And, oh, yeah, 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 I'm, 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 pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. He said, what am I praying for? What am I praying for? He said, something about your brother. And so, he, but the Lord didn't give any more details. And he prayed and prayed, 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 prayed. prayed and then the Lord said, okay, stop. I release you. And he prayed for about an hour, whatever it was. And he wrote his brother, who was a missionary in Africa. He wrote his brother a letter. He said, what was going on at that very minute? I was praying for you so intensively, so it's so p- passionately. God had me pr- interceding for you. What was going on? His brother wrote him back and said, it's uncanny what, what just happened. At the very minute you were praying for us, I was going to put our baby in the basket. And underneath the blanket in the basket was a viper. And for some reason, I stopped. I stopped. Right when you were praying for me, God had me stop. What disasters can be averted if we're in a place of prayer? What disasters can be averted if Jesus could say, pray right now? What disasters can be averted If Jesus could say, I I need you in the place of prayer. I need you on your knees. I need you in your devotional time. I need you not to to neglect your devotional time. Don't do that. Be here with me. I need you here with me because I'm going to preemptively strike and bless your family, bless your neighbors, bless this city, bless this nation. I'm going to use you in prayer to hit the enemy before he hits us. It's time for God to capture our knees. Paul says, yes, pray without ceasing, pray always, and we will learn that all day long, be checking in with God, all day long, inquire the Lord, all day long. But there is, that's no substitute, no replacement for your devotional time with Jesus, for the place of blessing where you're alone. You turn everything off and you're just alone with Jesus. You know what happens in worship? Worship, all the terms in the scripture in the Hebrew for worship, are marital terms it means to dwell with your spouse in intimacy to dwell to dwell with the lord to be with the Lord. all these terms are marital terms and you know what happens in the place of prayer the place of blessing god gets you pregnant somebody say ah no a good pregnancy a good one pregnant with the things of god the the, the blessings of god the ideas of god the flow of god the ministry of God, the glory. He wants to impregnate us in the place of prayer. But it begins with the knees. And uh, I, we're going to give you an opportunity to come up, you want to the altar, just as a prophetic gesture. It won't take long. And say, God, today I'm giving you my knees. Don't make a promise to pray two hours a day. Come on, come on, let's be realistic just take something we can handle take something we can actually pull off take something that we commit to and then let by his grace he will grow the time amen nothing 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 you know grandiose lord but i'm gonna give you time every day i'm gonna i'm gonna make this date with you and i'm gonna keep it every day with you god and you know and if you miss don't don't condemn yourself don't beat yourself up there's grace tell somebody next to you there's grace the next day, just get back, on, get back on the horse. That's all. We serve a God of grace. How many of you want more? You said you want more. How many of you want more? This is the way to receive more. But, but there's a word for you business owners. I'm telling you, God is going to give you ideas. He's going to show you trends and shifts. Before it happens, he's going to let you know. You're going to be in the right place at the right time if you let him capture your needs. Capture your needs. We're going to pray for you. But before we do, Pastor Mike is going to come and because we're going to spend some time ministering at the altar if you like. But Pastor Mike is going to share with us.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Great, great word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's give him a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you.